Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. That is music to our ears. We are so grateful to hear your voices. We're grateful to see your faces. We're grateful to see your chest rise and fall with life. We are grateful. Thank you for coming out yet again to worship with us. Because that's what we do in community, right? We worship together in our own different ways. We do it together still. And so Pastor Kyle has been preaching recently about community and what that can look like and what it consists of and all of those things. And so this morning we're going to do something just a little bit different. The two songs that we're singing today are You Keep Hope Alive and Made Away. I think that we can all say that we have both an equal number of things that we're still hoping for, but we have just as many things that God already made a way for us around, about, in spite of, through, and they're equally as important. Each one is equally as important as the other. And it's important to remember that when he makes a way and you're now in the position of hoping for something else, the next thing, look at what he just made a way about. And I'm not saying that that one thing will always sustain you until your hope is fulfilled, but it will at least be something in your arsenal to draw from. It'll be in your well to draw from, your testimony to draw from. But Lord, you did this, and I didn't know how you were going to do it, but you did it. You came through for me somehow, even if it was at the last minute. You did it. And since I know you can do this, now I'm going to hope for that. But I can have hope because you already made a way. It's like, which come first? The chicken or the egg, right? They kind of piggyback off of each other. And since we're doing this thing in community, what we're going to do today is... As we worship, we already know that we are worshiping the Father, right? The Son, the Holy Spirit. We are worshiping God, right? But today we are also going to encourage each other as we worship. Now the words are you keep hope alive and you made a way. So we know we're not talking to us, right? I didn't make that way for you. And I love you, I do, but you can't keep my hope alive the way I need it. But what we can do is encourage each other along the way. Because there are going to be days where you can't encourage yourself and you're going to need somebody to come and supplement what you had. And then there will be days where you will be the one doing the pouring. Whatever the case may be, you cannot pour from an empty cup. So allow somebody else to pour into you. Just like somebody else allowed you to pour into them. Because we all need it. So we will revisit this a little bit later. But for now, we are just going to let God have his way. And we're going to sing to him, and we're going to honor him. No bells, no whistles. I'm not, this is not a rabbit. I'm not going to pull a rabbit out of here. No doves, no, 
no glitter, although I love confetti, but I don't have none of that. I, I, I left it in my other pants, but we're going to, we're just going to offer God what we have. We're not going to package it any kind of way. We're not going to worry about that because he's not worried about it. Right. He's not worried about it. So we're just going to go ahead and do what we know to do in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Father. Hallelujah. Days may be darkest, but your light is greater. You light our way, God, you light our way. When evil is rising, you're rising higher with power to save, with power to save. You keep hope alive. You keep hope alive from the beginning to end. Your word never fails. You keep hope alive because you are alive. Jesus, you are Jesus, you 
Because he makes it alive and he keeps it alive. He sustains it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
And it looked as if it was over you make another way And we'll be standing here only because you made a way Hallelujah 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 Bless your name Jesus Hallelujah now remember I said we're going to encourage each other this morning, right? See, because what happens is the more when we come to church and we are fortunate enough to have words on the screen, and if we don't know the songs by heart, we focus on the words on the screen because we want to sing along and that's how we participate. And there's nothing wrong with that. The thing is, while you're singing, it's kind of hard for you to hear because I'm pretty sure you're not really listening to yourself very intently because you're focused, you're focused on giving something out, right, right. right? But this morning, we're gonna give something out, we're gonna continue giving something out, but we're also going to take something in, you know, that pouring thing I was telling you about earlier? So this is what we're gonna do, very, very simple. We're gonna split the room in half. I know, crazy, right? We're gonna split the room in half, this side, you're going to follow Margo. This side, y'all stuck with me. Okay? Very, very simple. And what you do is this side, well, you're already facing this side, but if you're standing here, turn and face people this way. Same with this section. Turn and face people this way. Just face each other. This side, look across to this side. And while they are, while you are being sung to, receive it as encouragement and reciprocate. Can I say anything? Oh, yes. yes. So if we let it, right, like God does stuff in the spiritual all the time, but if we let it, this moment can do something extraordinarily significant for us as a body and for us as individual worshipers and followers of Jesus. Because when we worship, like Shayla was saying, we are worshiping upward and to God in the structure of this room, right? Like we're in a circle, semicircle, but we're worshiping toward the center because yes. that's where the singers are, the instruments are, and then up toward God. But we are 360 spiritual beings, right? And so if you just tune your little spiritual ear to it, I think God is going to allow for the breaking down of that like invisible wall that's between us. And then when we worship to encourage each other, we're gonna get that spherical part that maybe we have been lacking previously. So us over here, we're gonna sing, you made a way. So come sing that. You in their eyes. You keep hope 
alive. You made encourage somebody. Way. You keep hope alive. It helps us to remember what God is capable of. Tell somebody else he keeps hope alive. Tell somebody else he made a way. Hallelujah. church. What a special moment. You know, the Lord, I've, I've been traveling for a few days and the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night because I'm changing time zones. But in that moment, he just spoke to me fresh wind, fresh wind. And what we're experiencing right now is something like, you know, when you travel and you go to a hotel room that hasn't been stayed in for a while, or if you come back home, right, you walk in the door and the air is kind of stale, right? And you make an effort to kind of go around the room and like open the windows, turn the fans on. And with that, what happens? You get the sense of fresh air that comes in. So right now, church, I'm just asking us to open our hearts because God wants to move with a fresh wind into our hearts today. And I just want to read Psalm 51 for you. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Church today, God is a generous God. He desires to infill you today, right now, with the power and presence of his Holy Spirit. And we're gonna sing this one more time to each other, one to another. You made a way, Lord God, and we thank you that it's by your precious blood, by your precious sacrifice, that you made a way for our hearts to be cleansed as pure as hyssop. Your precious blood pouring over our hearts and opening them up so that we can receive your Holy Spirit. So Lord, right now, we stand before you and we collectively decide to open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirit to hear your voice today, Lord God. We desire to receive a fresh wind from you, Lord. Let nothing stand between us and you. And we thank you that it's by your grace, that it's by your mercy, that it's by your restorative power that you are here today in the midst, dancing over us as we sing to you, Lord God. Let's sing, church. Made a way. Yes, Lord.
church sing like you mean it you made a way you keep hope alive hope alive come on church let's sing it today we love you we celebrate you we celebrate that we can call you daddy not just a distant God but one who knows the number of hairs on our head who has seen our whole life who has seen where our lives are going and thank you for your grace and mercy over it thank you for guiding us each and every step of the way Lord there may be times where we don't understand where we're headed, Lord, but we thank you that as we receive your word, that it's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our paths. And today we're going to choose to receive that word in our heart, to receive all that you have for us today. And I thank you that we can gather together as a people of God, as a people of God, one family, Although we may all come from different backgrounds, Lord, we thank you that today we are one family. Sons and daughters of the King of the Most High God. And we praise you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we're just getting started. We're just getting started, church. It's going to be a great morning today. You know, Pastor Kyle, Pastor Danielle, they both send their love. You know, they're taking a, a Sunday of rest today. Uh, but I can tell you, you know, they prayed up for this moment. We've all prayed up for this moment. And so far, you can sense the potency of this time. So let's receive it. Let's understand it today. And let's participate today. Amen? Are we all willing to participate? Awesome. So we're thankful for you here today. We're also thankful for everyone who's watching online. Welcome to Connect Church. And if you're a guest here, we're so grateful that you joined us here. We're a family here. You're welcome to be part of our family this Sunday. And so why don't everyone turn to greet somebody and have a seat. And I'm going to have our amazing pastoral team, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Lisa, the amazing Irene. I'm a little biased. <laughs> Pastor John and Pastor Rick. I am biased. My amazing, beautiful wife. <laughs> yes, and today what we're going to be doing is something special. We're going to be doing what we call a round table. And we're going to continue in what Pastor Kyle has been teaching about the power of partnership and how to live our lives in community. You know, and I just wanted to share this little thought. You know, I was on the airplane coming back um, from Germany I just yet the day before yesterday or yesterday uh, it's all running together now but I was 
seated next to a man, and I started to share. I took, took some chance to start to share with him. And as we went on um, this journey of conversation, it ended up that um, his son's name was Nathaniel, which is the name of my son. And he was uh, just a year different than me in age. And so he started to share with me how God really wants him to uh, start to do things in mission work and you know, changing his life from being in the business world to move into uh, more of a ministry world. And so after us sharing and I encouraged him in some of the things that I know about the season of moving between being a king and a priest, he said to me, you know, before I went on this journey, a man at church prayed for me that I would be seated next to someone or I'll be with somebody who's going to help me get direction for the next stage of my life. And he encouraged me that through that time that we're sitting next to each other on the plane ride, that that occurred for him in his life. And he encouraged me as well. But that is what we're talking about here today. You know, I could have sat down, put my headphones on, zoned into the movies for the next six hours, and I would have been good to go, right? But God had me choose to do something different. I stepped out in the uncomfortable, what for me in that moment, it ended up blessing somebody tremendously. And that's what we're talking about here in the power of partnership, that we have this opportunity in the world that we get planted in. It doesn't mean that we have to go somewhere, go on a journey, and somehow God's going to you know, make a way in that journey. It's more of what are we doing here in our own communities, in our daily workplace, in our daily lives with the people that we interact with. So I'm excited because all these people have special uh, viewpoints, and I'm going to turn it over to them to share. Pastor Lisa? Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Ron. I think I'm going to stand. I think you know, like, should we sit? Should we stand? But I think you can see better from up here. So good morning, everyone. How is everyone doing this morning? You still still understanding this weird accent? It's I don't know if it's American or Irish at this point, but my name is Pastor Lisa. This is my handsome husband, Kevin, right here beside me. And we are the kids and family pastors here at the Connect Church, and it's our absolute privilege. But we are continuing to talk about partnership and why it's important and what that looks like. And one of the first words that comes to my mind when I hear partnership is, sorry, I had a itchy nose there for a second. The first word that comes to my mind is planted, right? Planted. Partnership to me means being planted. But first, I want to kind of take you back, tell you a little story about my life. You can travel along with me. So as you may know, I grew up in Northern Ireland, way back in Northern Ireland. And my family were pastors. And so when it came to church, I didn't really have to think, where should I go this Sunday? I wonder what church I should go to. Should I try this one? Should I try this? I, of course, went with my parents, right? I went with them to Sunday service. I went with them to the weekly prayer meeting. I went with them to, or they took me to youth group. We went to the outreaches. Jesus was at the center of our home, and church was such a big part of our community. And I loved it. 
and I grew so much in the Lord. And then I graduated college and I came to America to work with a, a Christian ministry in the city of Camden. And now all of a sudden, I had to decide where to go to church. And I'm not sure if you know this or not, but America is a pretty big place, right? It's huge. And there's so many choices, so many options as to where to go to church. So one Sunday, I would try this church. Okay, that seems good. Then I would maybe miss a couple of weeks because, you know, no one's really going to miss me and I'm tired. I've had a busy week, so I didn't go anywhere for that couple of weeks. It didn't really make any difference. I still love God. I was still a Christian, right? No big deal. Then the next week I would go to another church. Then I would maybe stay there for a little while, try to get connected, but not really feel like I was getting connected. Maybe didn't really feel like I fit it in. And so, you know what? I think I'll try this other church. Anyone ever been there, right? I think we've all maybe been there at a certain point in our lives, right? So then I would go to this church. Then I decided, you know what? Way out here in Pennsylvania is just too far to drive every single Sunday. So I think it's maybe time for me to sandwich. And then I would maybe hear about a church with this amazing young persons or singles ministry. And I was single and I thought, well, that's probably what it is. I need to go here where there's this amazing singles ministry. And so then... I would go there, and this continued for a good few years. And all of a sudden, something happened. Slowly but surely, something happened. Did I still love God? Of course. Was I still a Christian? Absolutely. But all of a sudden, that fire within me, that passion for Jesus, that enjoyment and following him, giving him my everything, making a difference in the world, wanting to run all after Jesus with all my heart, it had waned. It started to get dull. Looked around at my life all of a sudden and it was dull. Compromises started to happen more and more and more without me even realizing. More and more little sins coming in. Getting distracted. My priorities changed. I would try to go to church. I still love God. I was involved in a Christian ministry every single day. But now my life just felt a bit dull. That joy, that passion had faded. And I'm going to tell you why. Right here in the Bible, there's a verse. It's in Psalm 92, verse 12, and it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Did you hear those words? Yeah. Flourish. Church, who wants to flourish here this morning, right? Yeah. Do we want our lives to be dull and just kind of ticking by? Or do we want to flourish? Yeah, right. So, a few years later, I came to Connect Church. And I loved it, and I still love Connect Church. But guess what? It wasn't because I had found the perfect church. Because no church is perfect in this world, right? No church is perfect. But what was the difference? I decided to get planted. I decided to dig my roots down, to stay, to take the risk, to get involved in ministries. I started getting involved in the women's ministry and going and being involved 
after I got home at 7 o'clock at night and I was tired and all I really wanted to do was watch TV. Has anyone else ever been there, right? That's like me every single night. I'm tired. I just want to watch TV. I don't want to have to go and meet with other people that I don't know. I don't know these ladies. I don't know them well. But I took the risk. And slowly but surely, that passion came back. Now that fullness of the joy was there. And it was back. And I want to end with this. You may have heard of the saying. We had it in a frame back home. It's now in the basement, I think. It's a saying that says, bloom where you are planted. Has anyone ever heard of that line, right? Bloom where you are planted. And I used to look at that and think, God, how do I bloom? Help me bloom. But you know what it really should say? Just be planted. Be planted. Get roots in. Dig deep. Don't let yourself get pulled because all of a sudden when you get planted in a church that God has ordained for you to do in your Christian walk, you will suddenly look up and you will see the blooms in your life and it will be beautiful because you got planted. Amen, church. Thank you for your time this morning. Hello. I guess I'll be looking for that artwork in the basement when we get home. Be, hey everybody, good morning. It's good to see you all, good to be with you all this morning. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of share, similar to what my wife was sharing, just there's two sides of this, right? I can talk about the, I'm here, I'm planted, this is where I'm at, but I also want to talk about the skepticism I had before. Where I grew up, Man, church, church was good until the ask. They're gonna ask me for my money. They're gonna ask me to, well, come on. I'm being, being heckled back here. They're gonna ask me to give more time. I'm pretty sure somebody is gonna move and they're gonna say, hey, I got pizza. Somebody come and help me move. The ass was around the corner. And so I hardened myself to the fact that I wanted to go to church, leave out, and not be disrupted, not be disturbed. Unfortunately, I came to this church. <laughs> because there were people just constantly in places to disrupt me. To say, hey, what are you doing Thursday? Why are you asking? What are you doing Wednesday? Stop asking me. Who's moving? What do you need? How can I help? Was the last thing I would reply with. It would just be a nod of the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lisa, you ready to go? <laughs> we gotta get in that car, we gotta get to Chipotle. Um, and so I say that because there's that part of the reality of where we're at sometimes. Man, like if, if I really have to start building community, what I was really saying wasn't that I didn't want friends. Man, I needed friends. I needed believers around me because I made a decision to follow the Lord, but nobody else got the memo. And so the Lord was trying to draw me into community, yet I was just like, but they don't know me. They don't know I grew up with a single mother who was barely making it. They don't know I grew up in the roughest city in America. They don't know the people that I lost across the journey and the ways that I lost them. They just don't get it. 
So God, why are you trying to draw me to them? You need to go and get the people that I know and bring them here. And God said, no, when you've made a decision to follow after me, I've adopted you into a new family. These aren't friends, these aren't acquaintances, these are brothers and sisters. Where's your heart postured to them? I said, you don't gotta talk to me like that, God. But when I look across this room in my life right now on this side, I've let you guys down. Because what I've decided to do is to find rest in Netflix. Rest in another sporting event. Rest in whatever was gonna, whatever makes me feel good about myself, right? And a lot of times that's Reese PC's, Ben and Jerry's eyes. It's a different, different conversation. But the Lord is like saying, like, Kev, just because you're here, just because your kid, family pastors, just because you're faithful and planted into the church does not mean that's the end of how I'm growing you in community. So for those that see themselves on this side, where self-perseverance is a real thing, I've had the long work week, I got the errands to run, the friends that used to be here aren't here, the pandemic was a hot mess. I'm used to watching online. It's easier for me to be removed. For those that find themselves in those spaces, I'm telling you right now that I found myself convicted. And I apologize to my Forge group on Tuesday because I've let them down by not building community with them. And I've let you guys down by not investing my time with you guys. And I say that because the reality is I need you. There's something inside of each and every one of you that I need because God has called us to be in community. In John, Jesus even says, help us to be one in community. Help them to know that I need them, that we need each other in this. Good and well, my faithful servant. That's what the Lord says. The reality is I live my life waiting to hear him say, well-rested guy, you've done well. No, that's not going to happen. I need to be in Forge, not because I'm a leader in the church, but because I need people to sharpen me, iron sharpening iron. I need to be serving in TKC, not because the church needs me to serve in TKC, but because there are people out there that have my story that I need to share. I need to be community. I need to be hanging out with you guys more often, not because you guys all come to the same church that's hot and popping, but the reality is you're my brothers and my sisters. It's not enough for me just to pray for you. It's, it's, it, I need to walk alongside you, and you need to walk alongside me because I need you. So church, as we talk about partnership and community, man, I just ask, the ask here right now, how ironic. I just ask that you look outside of that space of saying, God, it's just me and you, and ask him, hey, God, it's me and who else?
Thank you. Beautiful, Kevin. My name's Irene. Good morning, y'all. You need a stretch? You awake? Everybody's awake? I'm short. Can you see me? Okay. <laughs> Wake you up. Well, Pastor Kyle preached the house down last week, didn't he, church? Who was here for that? Especially at the end. If you didn't see it, you got to go back and look at the YouTube message. But one thing that he said, and I've been thinking a lot about, he said, what is in your hand, right? We've all been given something in our hand that we may not think it's a big deal, but if we reach out and share it, it can change others' lives. And those words, reach out, have really, really stayed with me. You know, what does it mean to reach out? It means to go beyond yourself, beyond your comfort zone, beyond your own strength. That's what it means to stretch, right, to reach out. So boo-hoo, I have a, a very sore, stiff joint right now. Boo-hoo, right? Feel sorry for me, right? And I have to stretch it every day, many, many times. But each time I do, it gets a little bit easier. Because what happens when you stretch tissue, you grow your tissue, right? And that's what happens to us when we engage with community. When you take that risk, when you take that step, and you reach out, we will stretch and we will grow, right? But it's a little bit at a time. Don't despise the day of small beginnings and those little steps, right? So Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And other translations say, prepared in advance for us to walk in them, right? What is walk? One step at a time, one stretch at a time, right? For those who are in our discipleship groups, our women's shoulder-to-shoulder and our men's forge groups, you remember that first time. You take that step, right? It was a little intimidating. Gee, I don't know anybody. Just like Pastor Lisa was saying, I don't know anybody. It's kind of scary. But I tell you, you took that step, and we have seen our groups grow, and we've seen each other grow and be encouraged in our faith, and all of us have a group, and it's a beautiful thing to see us in community with one another and engaging with one another. You know, another thing we've done as a church, as a whole, we have engaged in community, right? One step at a time, here and there. And, you know, we sang a song, You Made a Way. And I was thinking last night, wow, God made a way for us, you know, to reach out and meet so many different types of people. You know, whether it was um, first responders or homeless people or healthcare workers in Philly, or whether it is students, young and old students or seniors. You know, it all evolved a little bit at a time. And now we have our amazing Thy Kingdom Crumb food truck, right? And we're reaching many, many people. Shout out to all the people with, with that. And we're just so thankful for all that God has done, right? Another group that just personally, Pastor Ron and I try to do is neighbors, right? We all have neighbors, and we always purpose to connect with our neighbors. And it's scary to go up to somebody for the first time, hi, how you doing, you know, to meet them. You don't know how they're going to react. But some of them have become dear, dear friends for many, many years. And you have been placed somewhere with your neighbors to make an impact. You have God's light. You have God's love so that you can make a difference. And speaking of little steps and small steps, this semester I have an opportunity to teach students. It's the very first bachelor's in science physical therapy program way over in Africa. I'm amazed. Because of technology, right, virtually I can connect with the 
the instructors and the students there virtually. So for me, that's a big step, because I've never been to Africa. Has anybody been to Africa? I've always wanted to go. I know Pastor Kyle always talks about sleeping in his tent and hearing the, the lions roar and how scary that is. And I would listen to that, and I'd say, wow, I'd love to go to Africa. But this is God's gift to me to be able to give back you know, to students in Africa. It's a small step for them, because it's their first program. But it's so rewarding. So just keep reaching out, church, because you never know, you know what God will do with that first step. And just real quick before I finish, so we want to reach out, right? And we want to reach out and be ready, be ready. And there's a picture in my mind that I've always held on to to inspire me to continue to engage and, and take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us. Have you ever had your bags packed and you get up to the platform of the train and you see the train going in the distance, right? Has anybody missed a flight? Mr. Bus, it is the worst feeling, isn't it? And that picture has always stayed in my mind. God, I don't want to be on the platform with my bags and see that opportunity go off in the distance. Let's be ready, church. Be ready and willing to participate and engage because time is short. Every day it looks like Jesus is coming back, right, sooner and sooner. So let's be ready. And the last thing really quick is if you are reaching out in your own strength, you're going to run dry, right? So we want to reach out, but we want to replenish. And Shayla so beautifully talked about being filled. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit of God. You know, imagine a cup filled to the top, not halfway, right, all the way to the top so that you cannot help but pour out the love of God to your world around you. So church, be ready to reach out. Be ready to, to go where God wants you to go, to do what he wants you to do and be filled with his spirit, and be filled with his love, because the world needs it now more than ever, right? Yeah. Amen. Thank you, church. Everybody so far has not had notes in their hands, and I'm like, man, how'd you guys do all of that? <laughs> uh, my name's John. I'm part of the pastoral team here at the church, and the first thing that I really kind of want to just share with us is something God put on my heart. Um, Everything we're talking about has a foundation of something, and it's 1 John 4, 19, and it says, we love because he first loved us. What we don't want today, what no one on this team wants today is for someone to walk away hearing more tasks that we have to do, more requirements from us to be a better Christian, the things that we're supposed to be doing, because the truth is, a lot of times we know the things we're supposed to be doing, right? Like, a lot of times I know I should be doing, like Pastor Irene talked about neighbors. She, she's pretending like she doesn't know. We, we were at their house. My wife and I were at their house. She was like, oh, this person does this, and this person's this, and this person this. I'm like, man, okay, and you've lived at this house shorter than I have at my house, and I couldn't tell you all those things. All right, all right. So I know that I should be doing a better job with that. And the heart behind it oftentimes is, do I know how much God loves me? Because we love because he first loved us. When I'm actively engaged with the way that God loves me, I look at his bride differently. I look at the things of him differently. I look at how he's act asking me to minister into the world around differently. It's no longer something I have to do. It's something, it's a way that I love him back. It's a way that I show his bride its value. So in everything that you're hearing today, 
I just want to ask you to keep that first and forefront and foremost in your minds because what we don't want is, okay, and now I have to do this, and now I have to do this, and now I have to do this, and now I have to do this. Because that's how we get burnt out and how we don't love the bride then at all. Because it's like, well, I did all those things and nothing changed. Because it's an overflow. What does Psalm 23 says? My cup overflows. We want it to be a love overflow. And um, for me this morning, I just wanted to share about the difference between being a son and a daughter, an heir, and a volunteer. Um, and I love the idea of being a volunteer. To be able to, I, I, am, I am a list-based, motivated person. So when I can, I think I've talked about this before, when I can check something off of my to-do list, like if I showed you my to-do list in my, in my phone and iPad, I would look like a crazy person. You would think, oh, there's, there's legitimately something wrong with him. Like, why does he have wash his coffee mug in the morning on his to-do list? But it's on there, I promise you. Because it's a reward to myself when I get to check off that bubble that it's done. There are some people in the room that are like, oh, I, I, I feel seen right now. And some people are like, I could never understand anything you're saying right now. That's all right. Don't worry about it. But the idea of being able to kind of check in, clock in, work a nine-to-five shift in serving in church, and then walk away from it, not having to worry about it, is attractive sometimes. Like the idea of just being able to go and do something, volunteer real quick for something, and then and I'm done. Sounds really nice. It's attractive to me sometimes. But the truth is, the word says I was bought with a price. I was purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. As that old song says, I don't get to check in and check out. There's not a God bubble of my life and all the rest of the bubble. I have what it means to be a disciple first and foremost. And that's really part of what we're talking about this morning, partnering with the kingdom. That's what it looks like being a disciple. And I don't want to make anybody feel bad about any of this. You know, this is something that we're all growing in. I have done this well, and I have done this absolutely horrifically in my life. While on staff at the church, I've had the opportunity to be on staff for 17 years in January. <gasps> you don't look old enough to be on staff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but I've had the opportunity to be on staff for 17 years And there's times where I have carried the mantle of an heir of Christ And there's times where I have clocked in and clocked out I think we've all had those moments And I was thinking about the Queen of England uh, this past week And I was thinking about her as the heir, as the monarch And that's who she was she didn't clock in and out of her job of being the queen. I know, Lisa, that was your, your affinity towards the queen. She didn't clock in and clock out of being the queen. She was always the queen. I am always a son of God. I am always an heir of God. I don't get to say, that's not my monkey, that's not my circus. Because it is my monkey. It is my circus. When we walk into the doors of the church, the local expression that God has us a part of, do we see the places that the gifts and abilities and talents that he's given us are designed to be used? 
Or, that's not my, not my thing. Somebody else will take care of that. I'm asking myself that question, by the way. That's not just a question for the people that are sitting out there. That's a question for all of us to ask ourselves. Do we see that? Do we recognize that? Do we recognize that this is part of loving his bride back? That everything that he has given me, that every resource that God has given to me is something for him. Yes, it's for me, but it's not just for me. It's for the benefit, health, and life of his kingdom. I am, have no clue where I'm at in this, but it's all right. Romans 8 says that we're heirs and co-heirs with Christ. Do I live that way? Do I keep that foremost forefront in my life? Are the things that I have in my hand for him? I loved Pastor Kyle shared last week, and like Pastor Irene said, if you didn't have the chance to listen to it, please, please, please listen to it. It was fantastic. And he was talking about Jonathan, the son of the king. And I have an affinity to Jonathan because I share a name with him. But he was talking about in 1 Samuel 14 where he says, come, let us go. The Israelites were oppressed by, and they, and they were struggling and they were dealing with an enemy that was far more powerful, far stronger than them in the natural. And he said to his servant, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And I was sitting there thinking about that. And I was thinking about, the servant says, yes, let's do it. But Jonathan's the one leading the charge. There's a difference between each of their responses. The servant's like, yeah, okay, I'm up for that, which is still a great response. But Jonathan saw that, those people, as his community because he was an heir of the kingdom. So he responded as an heir of the kingdom in that moment. And when we see those things, are we responding as the servant does, which is great, or are we responding as an heir of the kingdom of God? And these are the questions that I have to ask myself often. Am I serving someone else's vision, or have I personalized his vision? Am I seeing the places that God is saying, hey, church, I want you to go be the church. I want you to love on my bride in this way. I want you to love on each other in this way. And am I engaging with that? Or am I like, oh, that's great that, that Stephanie does that. It's great that Melissa cooks like that. It is great that Melissa cooks like that, by the way. Um, <laughs> Or are we saying, hey, this is, this is my circus. This is my monkey. This is part of what I'm called to reach. This is, this is the community. Jonathan didn't say, oh, that's for someone else to figure out because it was his kingdom. It was his birthright. He was an heir of that kingdom. So he saw that the resources that were in his hand were designed to be used for the health of that community and the health of that kingdom. Another question that I have to ask myself often is why, I'm sorry, what are the things that are easy for me to sow? What are the things that are hard for me to sow? And why are they hard for me to sow? I think that question is just as important as the what's easy, what's hard. Why is it hard for me to sow? And, um, 
as I was preparing, I was praying for everyone that was going to be in the room, going to be watching online this morning. And sensing that there's going to be, be people that are here or are watching, that it's because of past hurt or present hurt. And that's okay. But don't sit in the hurt. Bring him the hurt. Every single person in this room has, is, or will experience hurt in community. Sometimes the people that are sitting on this stage have experienced the hurt more than you would ever even think is possible. So we understand it. I get it. I understand it. I've walked through it. I will walk through it. I'm currently walking through it. And that's okay. But it's not okay to stay in it without engaging with God in the midst of it. He wants to bring healing into our lives, into every part of our life, wholeness into every part of our life, not just one part, not just half of it, all the way. So if you're in the middle of that, I'm so sorry that that has happened. We're so sorry that that has happened. We're praying with you. Keep going. Keep going, son and daughter of Christ. Is it energy level sometimes for the, for the why it's hard? I, I, I know in the pandemic, my energy for, to do things has changed dramatically. I was talking about this with my Forge group, and we we're like, you know what? Like, I, don't, I used to do things like four or five nights a week, and I'm like, one night? That's a lot of nights to do something. That's like a seventh of my evenings. I'm like, oh, oh it's only a seventh of my evenings, though. And everyone does realistically have their own energy and time limits. So I'm not saying go outside of what's possible, but I will say this. If God is asking us to do it, he will give us what we need in order to be able to do it. So don't let our personal boundaries be the thing that stop us if it's something that he's prompting us to do. Is it fear of the step out? Because sometimes that happens. And that's okay. And sometimes we do it afraid. And is it a lack of knowing how what I have can fit or seeing the need of it? Let me tell you. There is always a place for each of us in the kingdom of God. There is something that each of us, he's crafted into us that is uniquely designed to reach people uniquely in his kingdom, to bless people uniquely in his kingdom, to equip people uniquely in his kingdom. So don't run away from that because God has something for each of us. We are not our own. We were bought with a price. I'm part of this thing because he made me an heir of his kingdom. And so in the places that he's asking us to do that, let's jump into that fray. Thanks. Hi, everybody. My name is Rick Campana. And I'm one of the pastors here. That was my son, Pastor John. And I'm in a vortex here of something. Um, there's a tremendous value in redundancy. I've been married 37 years, and 
Sometimes my wife has to tell me things over and over again before I get it. And uh, you may hear some things from last week's message that Pastor Kyle preached. Do you want to give me a give me a handheld? Yeah. I'm gonna get handheld. Okay. This past Monday morning at 7:30, I received a text from somebody I hold very dear. And the text I had never gotten from this person before said that the Lord wanted me to tell you that he has a word for you. And that word for you is cast a wide net. And he said it was very strong, and I have no doubt. And this particular person really does flow in the prophetic, so I received it. And one of the reasons I received it was that it was really a confirmation of what Pastor Kyle preached the week before. Put some feet on it. And when things are in community like that, where they're confirmed, you press in and you start to parse it out. I have complete, total peace in saying that that word, cast the wide net, applies to everybody in this room and everybody that's watching us online today. Because again, it comes under the umbrella of put some feet on it. One of the things that Pastor Kyle said that really arrested me was it doesn't matter how long you have been saved, doesn't matter how mature you are, that there's always room for growth and for things to do. I've been saved for 42 years, and that just kind of stopped me in my tracks. You know, it's easy. It's human nature to want to kind of rest on your laurels and your successes. And I, and I, when I said that to myself, you know, I'm 73. I, I deserve a break today, you know. But that's not God's plan for me. It's exactly the opposite. And I decided to look up what was the origin of this thing about resting on your laurels. And it comes out of ancient Roman Greek Olympians and generals that when they had a victory, they would put a laurel wreath on their head. And, you know, the Bible doesn't agree with this. It says really here in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, that God's moving us in his image from glory to glory. He's not done with me. And if I'm generous, I'm in the last quarter of my life. I don't care how you slice it. I'm in the last quarter, okay? But I want to have a great last quarter. Some of the Sixers could use a great last quarter. Uh, but you got to go back into that arena, Pastor Ron. Well, I'm in the process of putting some feet on it. I don't have all of it by yet, but this, this much I know. Religion, and I define religion as trying to do things, enough good things to please God to get into heaven, and all the things we were talking about, just do, 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 and not be, 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 has made things too complicated. True Christianity that functions in grace and love is completely different. And for me, as you parse this out a little bit, what are the nets? Cast the wide net. The nets are our gifts, our talents, our loves, our passions. And this is from Pastor Kyle the week before. It's not meant to be complicated. Find what they are and then use them for the kingdom of God. At Ford's the other night, 
And it's a Zoom call. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to leave your, your comfort zone. Our guys, I asked each of the guys, what do you love to do? And it was amazing what, what tr took place. One of the guys said, I, I've always loved to sing. But I've kind of, you know, kept it quiet. Another guy said, I, my, my thing I love the most is my family and sports. Another guy said, I love to read and study. And another person said, I love to strategize. I can put things together in programs like that. We are, we're having a, maybe a golf outing coming up. And there's all kinds of details for people with great administration skills. But it's not complicated. Never, it was nev never meant to be. The word cast. That, that really grasped me as well. A cast, I cast in a lot of different areas, but my net has a lot of slack in it. And God wants me to widen that net in the areas that he has me currently working, but he also wants me to look for new places to cast my net. And those nets are my gifts and my talents. Not that I'm not going to be challenged in some comfort zones, but again, we're making it too complicated. In 1979, I'm going to put my glasses on the room. It's a little better. I had a personal crisis in my life, but I also had tremendous breakthrough. I used to attend church, and uh, it was there's no community involved in it. Just go get out of the parking lot for everybody else, and that was pretty much it. And one day, I got an invitation to go to this little service at night in a basement of this church, and I didn't see, I saw a lot of joy, I was looking for the drugs, no drugs, just a lot of happy people, you know, and uh, a little lady came over and gave me the sinner's prayer, handed it to me, and I eventually prayed that, got saved, and started going to cell groups in people's homes, you know, one is enough now, you know, but I was going three and four times a week to different cell groups, I didn't know any better, and I really, really, really grew, and they took me under their wing invited me to dinners, and I, it changed my life. I had never experienced that kind of love, and it was a time in my life when things were very, very difficult. And I wanted to share very briefly the blessings that I have experienced as a result of people equipping me through the community and partnerships that I have been in in church. And I'm not here to brag about what I did because these things were done through community through my gifts, by the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But I, I want to put some of these lights on top of the table because testimonials are powerful. And this is a little bit of mine. It's not all, but I got saved as a result of church. So did my wife. So did my sons, my grandson, my daughter, as a result of me being in community. I met my wife in church. Side story, she sent some spies when I was single to find out if I was open to dating. And uh, it's a long story. We don't have time for that now. But uh, I said no, and then God, God stepped in. And uh, it's a long story, but it's a wonderful story. 37 years ago that happened. Or 38, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Don't tell your kids, but I married her three months after I first dated her. It was, it was just bad. Anyway. I thought I'd get a bigger reaction than that, but <laughs> I learned the Bible in cell groups. I learned what my natural and spiritual gifts were, and they had to be brought out of me because I wasn't sure. I was never in this environment before. I learned 
that what I loved and was passionate about tend to use for the kingdom. You know, I learned the decorum of a Christian. How does a Christian, not the behavior modification, but what is the essence of a Christian? How do they carry themselves? How do they minister to people? I saw that. I learned that. It was like the apostles following Jesus. I learned about the prayer and the authority that I had in the Bible. Again, I never knew that before. I went to a one-week training boot camp for evangelism with my wife Kathy in Newport News and learned how to share the gospel as a result of a passion that I had for sharing the gospel. I was in a healing service one time and an 80-year-old man who was deaf for many, many years regained his hearing and tears streaming down his face. No actor in Hollywood could have done that. And I saw that. I was in Kiev on a missions trip and I saw, again, as a result of the community of our church, I saw a possessed man Nobody in Hollywood could have acted and think this. He was totally demon-possessed, and I saw him get free. His countenance and everything changed. It was spectacular, but it had a tremendous impact on me. I've seen this church go through so many iterations and tribulations and trials and crisis, tornadoes, storms, floods, and I've seen them so resilient in Jesus and never quit and never give up and actually mature through all of these things and grow in a tremendous way. I've seen our dear friend and connects CFO Sharon Smith fight cancer for years with courage and tenacity and grace like any of the greatest saints in the church. In short, I learned why I should love, who I should love, how I should love, and then I fell in love with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It changed everything. I'm not anywhere near where I want to be. But I can tell you this, neither was Paul. When I read this, well, I was encouraged. It's in Philippians 3.12 and 14. It says, not that I have already obtained it, but I press forward toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ. This world is not moving in the right direction. I don't think it's ever really moved in the right direction over the decades and thousands of years. But I'll tell you one thing. We are moving in the right direction. And we stay connected to partnership. We connect, stay connected to each other, love each other, love each other, love each other with compassion, and be willing to put some feet on it, to cast a wide net, and go to God one-on-one. -on -one. It's going to look differently for all of us. But I can't emphasize enough. I am what I am today because of those years of spending time in community. It wasn't spending time in a church service that necessarily changed me as much as getting to know the people in those, in those cell groups. And we have them, and they're here for you. And this is, God is no respecter of persons. So I just wanted to encourage you today, and I thank Pastor Carlos and Danielle and all of you that did a tremendous job today. Uh, I want to do something right now that lays the foundation for this wonderful life, the significant life, and that's a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Most people think, like I used to think, that good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. It sounds fair, it sounds just, but the problem with that is, according to the Bible, the Bible says that the standard for heaven is actually perfection, and since nobody's perfect but Jesus, it begs the question, how does an ordinary person like me and you get into heaven? Well, serve a loving God, and he understood two major things 
for us to grasp. No amount of good deeds can make an imperfect person perfect. And he also understood it's impossible to have sustainable joy here on earth unless we know where we're going to spend eternity while we're here on earth. I thought I had to die first. And I bring my portfolio of good works up to heaven and stand at the gates and hope my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds and maybe I got a shot at getting in, hold my breath. Well, I had experienced the most terrifying pass-fail exam of all, of all my life while I waited for him to say one or two words, heaven or hell. Terrifying. The good news is that's not how he set it up. And this is what he did. The Bible says that heaven is an absolutely free gift. If we trust in the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ and not our works, the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's not about our good works. And here's, here's how it works. Could, could you just come up and, and, and hold this for me? The microphone? Yeah. 42 years ago, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and with it came the free gift of heaven. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> the works that I've done since then, I haven't done them to get into heaven. That's a free gift. The works that I've done since then. I did them in thanksgiving for what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And they determine my rewards in heaven, but they're not my admission ticket. The admission ticket is Jesus Christ. And those works that I did since then, you can applaud, yes. Again, they determine my rewards. So if I was going to do a formula, trusting in Christ and Christ alone sacrifice, perfect sacrifice, equals heaven. Once I throw works in there, again, I'm back to religion. And again, remember, that's illogical. Religion says try to be good enough, and true Christianity says it's already been done. Just receive it as a free gift. Last thing I'm going to share on this. Thank you. Don't open that. Uh, guy goes into a Walmart in 2018. Pays off all the layaway items. Tyler Perry did it in Georgia, but he wrote out a check as only Tyler could for $450,000. Imagine the people going into that store to find out that their debt had been paid in full. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it, but it was done nonetheless. Heaven has been and is right now, for those of you who have never heard this, either here or online, is on layaway for you. All you have to do is pick it up. And the question that I have is, does this make sense? And if it makes sense, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. We call it the heaven prayer. And just say this out loud, even if you're saved and you know this, but perhaps I brought clarity and new information to you today. So let's all bow our heads and pray right now to accept this free gift, Jesus Christ. Just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm not perfect, but you are. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Jesus, I believe what it says in the Bible, that I'm saved by grace through faith in you, not as a result of my good works. It's a gift. Jesus, save me and give me the free gift of heaven and an abundant life here on earth and in partnership with the kingdom of God 
and this local church. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, everybody. If you're, we, we have some free books over here. If you'd like, I'd be happy to talk to anybody at the end of the service. Hello? Hello? Thank you. Okay, church, it's time for us to continue our worship through our giving. And I have a beautiful verse, if you could put that up on the screen there. It says in Philippians 1, it says, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with, with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So what great stories we've heard, church. I'm so thankful for how all of you are partnering with our church and all the great things that God is doing in and through our church and our giving helps us continue to be ready and continue to do that. So on the screens, there are the different ways that you can give. There's envelopes, there's kiosks, there's that quick response code that you can go to, and you can also give through RC, CCB. So what a great morning. Can we give a hand to all of our pastors? Thank you so much. They love you. You know, that's the, that's the core thing. You can sense that, and our senior pastors as well have such great love for this house and for all of you. We're just so grateful for everything that God is doing. We want to remind you that November 20th is coming up. And what's coming up? Baptisms, right? And you can sign up on Linktree for that. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash The Connect Church. One word, The Connect Church. And you can sign up for that. And we also have our Christmas toy store coming up where we can give to the community. So be ready for that. Pray for that. Come out to help. Nominate a family and just keep that in your mind as well, church. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so very much for this gift of partnership. Lord, we thank you. You are high and mighty and lifted up, and yet you, and let, and yet you let us participate with you and join you in everything that you're doing. We're thankful for everything that you're doing through this house and in this house and to the communities beyond. And as we always say, we dearly believe that the best is yet to come. We love you, Father, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I hope you enjoyed this morning. Wasn't it a great morning? I learned, I certainly learned something today. You know, God desires to do something special in your life. You know, when Jesus taught us how to be disciples, he said there's a light that you can be on a hill, right? There's salt that you can be here on earth. And through those things, salt and light, that's how we can reveal who Jesus is, right? So we're going to have different kinds of ways to be able to be part of community. Some of those things are things that we're going to do together as a church, like the times that we ask to take part in being part of Thy Kingdom Crumb food truck and all the things that we do there. Um, we have amazing plans to build out the middle section. In fact, it's getting underway. We're going to be building out the middle section to really create an environment for our community and more ways to share the love of God with people who may not know him and know that love. But most of all, you know, we all have a chance to just share God's love. And it says in 1 John chap chapter 4 that, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God 
and knows God. I'm, I'm encouraged that today there were people who prayed that prayer of faith to receive Christ in their hearts, right? And many of us have already received and, and prayed that prayer to receive Christ. So we have that opportunity, right? Let's go out this week and, and share the love of God in the community. Let's continue to grow as disciples. Join a men's group, a, a women's group, forged and shoulder to shoulder. There's ways to do that through Linktree. And just be part of the community. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's enjoy this week. And thank you so much for a great Sunday. Go out with a blessing. I'm just going to pray a last blessing over the church here. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that your grace is sufficient for our lives. And so we receive that grace today. We thank you for your mercy and your love. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit reveals to our hearts the ways in which we can love others. And that's what we will choose to do today, Lord. We're going to go forth from this place. And as sons and daughters of you, Lord, may we shine your light in a dark place. May we be that salt that seasons a conversation that allows somebody to see a different picture of who you are and how you love them. Lord, let us be your vessels this week as we go forth from here. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we all pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, church. Love you.